0: Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number one hundred thirty-seven. I'm Tom, of course, and Neil's out there somewhere. Where are you, Neil?
1: Hello, Tom. Yes, it's uh, my God. What's the what's the weather like by you? It's 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 suddenly turned to winter. It's freezing cold outside, and the heat's on, and I'm sweltering inside.
0: Yes, it's funny because I had to turn my ceiling fan on to offset the heat being on in the house. So yes, it's. Uh, it was really nice today, actually, but yeah, you can tell. I wonder, I'm coming to see you, of course, this weekend. Yes. But this weekend will have passed by the time most people hear this, but, um, it, well, it'll be passed by the time everybody's heard this, but <laughs> I, I'm wondering if I'm going to have to wear pants.
1: Yes, I think you I think of the first time I might see you in long pants instead of shorts. You know, I hate that.
0: I'm yeah. not, I, because then it's like, you know, I can't get my shorts back out until, you know, March.
1: That's right. March? Jesus. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> mental?
0: <laughs> anyway, you know, hey, so, of course, you can reach us at our normal spots, Punk I Die uh, 77 at Gmail or Punk Till I Die podcast on Facebook, because I think I think we might get some a little bit of backlash from for today. And that's OK. I don't care. Um, because it's funny, you know, we get we get a lot of people, a fair amount of people that write in and say, hey, could you come on the podcast? You know, we've had a couple in the last couple of weeks, right? Yep,
1: we have had and, one today.
0: And and one of them is one of us today. And I listen to music. I'm like, I'm cool. It's cool. I can dig that. I can relate to it. But there was another one that we got just today. And I listened to this thing. And it said, you know, I'm not going to say the name of the band because I don't want to embarrass them. They're just doing their thing, you know. But it said, hey, we're a new band. Will you check us out? I literally couldn't make it through one minute of it. Oh, dear. I'm pretty sure my mom would be like, man, these guys are whips. <laughs> my mom. Dude. Well, your mom's, so anyway, your mom's
1: pretty tough, though, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, she's a Midwesterner. But anyway, yeah, we, so, you know, it's funny because we've, We've had almost every like subgenre of of like punk rock on the show except for ska because we think it sucks.
1: Don't tell me you've so just got him in ska directly. So, so
0: we've we've never <laughs> broached into the like cowpunk country punk side of things even though neil and i are both fans of that music i mean we're constantly talking about our devotion to social distortion and we uh you know i went on a reno divorce kick recently so when these guys reached out i listened to music i i really enjoyed it so we have today from the band 500 miles to memphis from cincinnati ohio we have ryan Mallott or ryan 500 how you doing ryan
2: i'm great fellas thanks for having me on uh, appreciate hey, it. I you didn't know who the hell i was a week ago but I, I you know you binged and uh you know got familiar and i dude i think i fucking i appreciate that i think that's cool well, i mean you can't know every fucking band out there you know
0: well it's funny because i had heard of your band um i have a bunch of i mean i have a fair amount of records from paper and plastic that i've mail ordered so I definitely I have a, a familiarity because you guys have been on Paper and Plastic I know at least done an album or two for them so I had some familiarity to it but Paper and Plastic is so all over the place right sure. like musically sure. I mean they put out like Hellmouth Records which is like this thrashing almost like black and death and then they have like you know some cowpunk stuff so it's you never know what you're gonna get over there yeah, but, uh, like anyway.
2: Blast Red City Radio you know yeah. Uh... yeah yeah some mainstream kind of punk stuff yeah
0: mm-hmm. so so tell me your tell me your story Ryan how that what's uh what's why don't you give us a little bit of the history of 500 miles from Memphis since we're sort of uh, newbies to what, what you guys are doing uh, well before
2: we do that I, just real quick where where do you guys live
0: <laughs> I live near Grand Rapids Michigan on the west side of Michigan by uh, the lake between Grand Rapids and the lake if, I don't know if you're familiar uh, with that
2: yeah, no, we we used to tour up there quite a bit. Uh, do you know Dutch Henry? I've heard of them. Did you play the tip top?
0: I mean, you you guys are like the ultimate tip top deluxe band. Is that is that where you played?
2: Oh God, I couldn't tell you a venue, but we have played many venues in Grand Rapids, and I mean, just all over Michigan in general. But we used to, whenever we'd go to Michigan, we would tour with this band called Dutch Henry, and dude, those guys are unfortunately not a band anymore but they're like they're in my like top echelon of favorite bands of all time i mean they happen to be friends of mine but they're incredible and they're. do you remember remember where they were from what city they were from um muskegon well i mean just all over michigan they had members in muskegon and had members in grand rapids
0: okay that's that's like i live between those two cities
1: ah right on
0: yeah so yeah and Neil is, Neil, go ahead and you can tell them where you're
3: at.
1: I'm, well, I'm from England originally, but obviously, but I'm, uh, I've been living in the Chicago area for the last 30 years or something like that. So, and I'm, so I'm assuming you've played Chicago many times too.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be up there uh, in February or March. Hopefully it won't be too cold, but I'm sure it will be.
1: Yeah. March is normally pretty rotten. I have so, to say. So where do you, where do you play
2: up there? You play like Reggie's, you play
0: Brouwer House, or where do you play in Chicagoland?
2: Oh, uh, man, we have played everywhere, except for Reggie's and the Subterranean. Those are the two venues that uh, yeah. we we just haven't played. Um, I think, uh, so the last time we were there, we did Sleeping Village, which I absolutely loved. Um, you know, Martyrs, I love Martyrs. Double Door a long time ago. Yeah, Double Door's long gone, unfortunately. Our very first show in Chicago in i don't know 2003 was uh the mutiny you familiar with the
1: mutiny i yes i have been i have been there that's a that's a small bar yeah yeah it's, yeah a yeah, it's yeah, western yeah, ever it's i think big. yeah yeah yeah
2: great punk dive love that place yeah um uh but anyway yeah mostly uh or, you know cobra lounge you know
1: okay oh yeah yeah like that. very very nice yeah so do you know where you play? you say you're coming in march you say
2: yeah, so the there's this uh there's this record label called Sexy Baby Records from mm. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Oh dude. That's... Wow, it
0: is a small Ooh. world, Neil. Yeah it is. T shirts for us.
2: Yeah. Oh you're oh, keep going. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah, Mike, one, Mike Yeah, Mike. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mike the barber. Yeah, is that like kind of our yeah. I, I I always wondered if that's we should have true. him on. I've never met him. To, so we can make fun of him for running a tape label. But anyway, no, that's all right. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> sorry.
2: Well, he uh he got a hold of us about doing cassette uh and uh, well i mean he, he you know he was a fan of the band prior to that and then he saw we were coming out with a new album on paper and plastic so he asked if we could do cassette and i was like we have never been released on cassette so hell yeah like yeah we're yeah, not right yeah
0: what do you yeah. got to lose it's uh, funny if you look at what he's released he he he, lo- he runs, like, the most amazing record label there is. He's put out some of the coolest, coolest stuff. Now, granted, it's a pretty small run, but he's been able to put out some stuff for really big bands, you know, that big labels yeah. wouldn't bother with the cassette part of it. So it, it's pretty cool what he does, actually.
2: Yeah, I think it's awesome. He's found a niche. And and I think, um, you know, t- cassettes are its own little niche thing. And, uh, you know... <sighs>
0: Well, you know how we feel about it, but that's
2: okay. Set, but you know,
0: yeah. So where are you gonna? So oh, I'm sorry. Did we ever get to where you're gonna play when you come up?
2: Oh yeah. So sorry. Original question. Um. So we're we're still working with them because we're gonna do like a cassette release party. It's just
4: fucking mm. delayed.
2: Um. But you know, I, I think just just because of COVID and because of you know the just the way of the world right now. Um. Uh, it makes a little more sense just to kind of like postpone until uh, till spring, early spring, late winter. So maybe things are just a little more comfortable with people coming out. Because uh, I think sh- Chicago is uh, maybe a little bit different than it is down here in Cincinnati. Um, I mean, ac- according to Mike, so...
1: Well, it, dep- it depends on the venue, really, because some venues are cool uh, with uh, with, with having full-size shows and stuff, and some uh, are a little more uh, careful, you know what I mean? So, I mean, Reggie's don't really care. It seems like they're open the same as usual, but um, some venues, like we just went to Beat Kitchen a couple of weeks ago, right, Tom? And it was full mask yeah. and everything, you know, you yeah, had to show proof of yeah. vaccination to get in and all that kind of stuff. So it depends on the yeah. venue, you know.
0: Luckily luckily for us, we are we are cons we are active drinkers, so we are always pulling that thing aside.
1: So. <laughs> oh, the mask, yeah. Yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah. Yeah. You just kill the virus with alcohol. That's exactly.
0: I I just pour it all over myself, baptize myself in it. So
2: <laughs> so shoot, you still haven't told us where you're gonna play. Oh, we haven't figured that out yet. Ah, gotcha. Oh, you're still so we're working on it. We're okay. still picking okay. yeah, we're still picking a venue.
4: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All
2: right. That's like the longest way possible to answer your original <laughs> question. Neil, when you
0: were when you were up here last, Neil, we went to a place called the Tip Top Bar and Grill, kind of that rockabilly place. Yeah, it was happens. tiny.
1: I love that place, man. I'd love to see, see a show be, in that, that place. That would be the I, I,
0: I would pretty much bet money that, that these guys have played that venue. It'd be the perfect perfect venue for them.
1: Yeah, small dive so, bar with a little stage in the corner, right? But it's cool. It's like decked
0: out, you know, it's all rockabilly out. So, so tell me something, Ryan, are you in, are you actually in Ohio or are you in Kentucky?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm right across the river in Kentucky.
0: You're in Kentucky. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have family down in Lexington area. So I have driven through there so many times. I've spent a few pretty wasted nights in like Newport and uh, I do not remember what yeah. those are. Sounds like. Like, go to a Reds game and then, like, stagger across. I remember there's, like, a one of the worst strip joints I've ever been to in my life was called the Brass Ass or something like that. Brass was, Ass, dude. Uh, is that is still there?
2: Very famous. Yo, hell yeah, dude. That's an institution down here. You've
0: got to be kidding me. Somebody should really ah, shut up. man. <laughs>
2: uh, Newport. Uh, yeah, Newport is very, uh, very famous. And that's, that's I, I live just south of Newport. Like, one exit south of Newport. Okay. Um, well, but yeah, man. That's funny. Cool.
0: Be, it's cool. funny because there's all that there's all that touristy stuff there, but the town used to be really hard scrabble. But it's gotten much more yuppie now that. Um, one of my favorite venues, and I'm sure you guys played there a hundred times. The old Southgate Revival House. Man, was that an awesome place! I mean, I don't know if it was that's, a great place, to yeah, clear, but it was an amazing place.
2: That's our home venue. We just we just did our album release party the, this past weekend
0: there. So I haven't been to the new one, um, but mm-hmm. the old one, Neil was an old mansion that was built by the guy who invented the Tommy gun, right? That was the that was how he made his fortune. Am I right about That's that? Correct. You're so correct. So he built this mansion and it had like a ballroom in it, Neil, and like a, a big like the bottom layer was like a, a hall, like a concert hall. And it had a bar upstairs. The first time we went there there was really no security and Scott and I just went wandering around upstairs, going through the rooms and stuff. It was a really super cool place. Even though I don't know how thousands of people didn't break their neck falling down the stairs leaving. On a, on oh
2: yeah, again, it's such a legendary venue, and it, it is like an ancient building, and yeah. uh, you know, like old, like past presidents have stayed there. Um, you know, b- back uh, during Prohibition, it was just, uh, it was like a, a really big meeting point for a lot of, uh, you know, the mafia, and <laughs> New, Newport was uh, Newport has a very rich mafia history. Mm. Um Neil loves the mafia. Oh, come oh man, they're they, Chicago, they do, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. So they do these uh the big, you know, mafia tours and show you no show you some like pretty legendary spots. Yeah, and so Newport used to basically be a lawless wild west place, uh, you know, from probably the thirties until God. Fifteen I know, when maybe. I was there
0: fifteen years ago it still kind of felt like
4: that. <laughs>
2: uh it's it's a wonderful place with a lot of character and uh but anyway yeah southgate house is like so, a premier spot man it's like it's very legendary every every artist comes through plays there it's our home venue i mean it's it is literally home away from home for so me.
0: the new one the new one is in an old church or something right i drove by Correct. i just haven't been in there okay yep so, yeah, it's just anyway, a couple it's...
2: blocks away. It's an old cathedral, and they uh, cool. yep, got cool it. Pla- the yep. new place
0: looks cool. I definitely want to get down there. Like I said, I, I got people in Kentucky. I get through there once in a while, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get there sooner rather than later. I, so man,
2: next time you're in town, you should hit me up.
0: Hell yeah! You know it's funny because when I when I when you hit us up, the first we have a loyal listener down there. Heads up or uh, shout out to our man Ricky Adams down there. I uh, first thing I did was call him up, and say Hey, you know these guys? Or I text him, and say Hey, you know these guys? Because I want to make sure, you know, like you're, you weren't like, you know, up on you know child pornography charges or something. Or you <laughs> know, Jesus Christ. You get, you get, Your guitar player's a known wife beater in town or something, but he didn't know you, so all that stuff might still be true. I don't know, but anyway, it's all good. But listen. <laughs> Why don't we play a song song. and then we we can kind of walk back to kind of the beginnings of the band a little bit. You picked out, I think, is everything you picked out from the new album or or I think they're all from the new album? Yes, sir. And so the new album just came out like last Friday, right? The 22nd of October.
1: Yep. Um, What is is that called?
0: Yes. I'll let you talk. Uh, Sorry.
2: The name of the album is called Hard to Love.
0: And what song you want to play first? What what first song? Let's make an impression with these punk rockers. What what's the first song you want to kick off with?
2: Hmm 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 hmm. Damn. Um. Oh yeah. Let's do "Dropout." Dropout.
1: Dropout.
2: Okay. Dropout's a good introduction to the band, I think.
1: All right. Sounds oh, good. So- sounds good. So we got a "Dropout" by Five Hundred Miles to Memphis. the first one tonight from 500 miles to memphis that was dropout off the new album which is just out does that have a physical release too can we buy vinyl or anything like that for that
2: yep we have uh cd cassette and uh the vinyl uh, vinyl manufacturing is backed up right now so the vinyl will not be out until early 2022
1: yeah it's crazy isn't it everything's backed up like six months to nine months right all the vinyl presses
2: yeah So
1: is it is it it, it, it it paper plastic again
0: or is it self released? I couldn't figure that out.
4: Plastic.
2: This is uh, our first like full release with paper and plastic.
4: Oh, Uh, it
2: is. Yeah, the last album we did in 2019, we released on our own, and then they kind of uh, picked it up after like eight months or so of it being out, um, Hmm. and then they re-released it. Uh, this is our first full release with them and it's going great. Like they're they're awesome to work with. Like they're they're the best label that that we've worked with for sure.
0: Neil, paper and plastic is located in one of your favorite cities. Where is that? Gainesville, I- Florida.
1: Oh it is. Okay. Interesting. It's
0: one of the dudes from Less Than Jake, I think is it the drummer? Yep, yeah, Vinny. Yep. He does some cool stuff. He put out he put out some some of my Detroit pals' bands. He put up that Break Anchor album that I'm so fond of, and he did uh, Hellmouth. And he's he's done some, It's he's does it's real eclectic, but he does some cool stuff. Hmm. But anyway, yes.
1: all right. Well, talking of Gainesville, I think Fest is starting this week, isn't it? I think oh, it in is a in few weekend. days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have, have, yeah. have our own little Fest. <sighs> yeah, that's true. We do.
1: Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, we do.
0: We're having our sloppy seconds. Our sloppy palooza.
1: Sloppy palooza. Another one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so how'd you, how'd you guys, how'd you guys end up getting together, Ryan? You we, we, and were you trying to do like a cow punk thing? Or were you trying to do a punk thing? or were you trying to do a country thing? How, how, uh, how did the 500 miles from Memphis core get together
2: originally? Oh, geez. So, um, that there's no short way to answer the question, but, um, you know, we're almost 20 years old at this point and it's so hard to go back and remember, uh, the origin uh, of how it actually came together, but uh, you know, I I grew up in a, a very small town, and um, you know, there was there was no record store around, there's no comic book store around, there's no, I mean, there's fucking nothing to do, uh, and you know, grew up with my family of farmers, and uh, so my access to music was whatever my grandparents and parents had, and, you know, the radio, uh, Uh, and, you know, the radio is just, you know, top 40 bullshit. Um, and so I ended up listening to, you know, obviously like when Nirvana hit, that was amazing for me and, and my young brain and green day and all that happened. Um, and, just a lot, lot of my grandparents had a lot of like Marty Robbins, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard. <laughs> I mean, tons of Merle Haggard. Uh, my grandma was a gospel singer. Um, and she, lots of bluegrass, just shitloads of gospel. A lot of bluegrass country gospel, just kind of ingrained in my upbringing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this kid moved to town and he was, uh, from the city and boy was he an exotic creature to me <laughs> and we be- we became fast friends and he introduced me to punk rock oh excellent. and um hmm. he signed us up for the talent show at uh at school i think we were in eighth grade actually um but he signed us up for the talent show and he wanted us to lip sync god save the queen by the sex pistols <laughs> and uh i was like all right so who are these guys the uh, sex what's So he introduces me to the sex pistol and my God, man, like it was like lightning struck and (laughs) my tiny little preteen brain just exploded with like the possibilities because all I had ever heard was top 40 what was on the radio and what I grew up listening to just from my
4: grandparents. Yeah.
2: And I, I hear this and the singer's just like, Fuck this and fuck that fucking motherfucker, fucking brat you know,
4: just
2: like, Yes, what is this? This is brilliant and so swagger and attitude. Uh, so anyway, we get to the day of the uh the lip sync and the school says, Hey, this is not age appropriate. You guys
4: <laughs> the no sex
2: shit. and we were uh we were just so like enamored with punk rock and we we're like, Yeah, fuck you know authority man we're not we don't <laughs> fucking care so we uh we asked our you know begged our parents to buy us guitars he got a bass i got a guitar and we started our own band and um you know we just played our favorite punk songs and you know eventually actually learned how to play and graduated high school and then i started 500 miles to memphis when i was 19 and, uh, you know, g- given how I grew up, I didn't want to just start another punk band because I easily could have done that. Um, I wanted to incorporate, you know, just like elements of, of myself and where I'm from and, you know, my, my history and my family's history and just the, the, the Appalachian region where we live. Mm-hmm. And uh, it felt like a very natural thing to incorporate a little bit of Appalachia into the punk rock because you know, there's there's such a thing as rural activism. There are rural punk rockers, and I I think uh, especially at that time, um, you know, punk rock was reserved for city kids and urbanites, and uh, you know, all the gutter punks downtown, you know, hanging out by uh, on short vine next to all like the badass punk venues. That's that was you know like that's punk rock, right? Kings Road, whatever. yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know. It, it it made its way to our little town and uh, we fucking just fell in love with it. Uh, so anyway, sorry, I'm I'm Blake. No, that's Maybe fine. No, that's fine. So
1: did did this did this did you the oh, sorry the original punk band that you formed with your buddy what did that have, band have a name Did you ever play out or anything or was that just you and him rehearsing and making um, fun?
2: Yeah. <laughs> we we only played one show. We played a party. Uh, it was, so it was me and my buddy, and then we had a drummer. And um, we played a party. And uh, my bassist, who is my friend that's got me into all this shit to begin with, couldn't make it. So it was just me and the drummer. We were creepy. Ah. Oh, shit. So uh, <laughs> we're just, like, busting through, playing some Suicide Machines, Sex Pistols, you know, just, like, probably some Green Day, too. Um, and, you know, we play, like, a 15-minute set. And I had never played in front of people before. And it was, like... I was hooked after that. It was like the most fun I'd ever had in my life.
1: Oh, that's amazing. So from that
2: moment, from that moment on, I was just like, oh, this is it. I'm doing this the rest of my life. And uh, and that has been it. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, got older, uh, started, I, I moved to the city. I actually ended up moving to Newport, Kentucky and um, started going out to open mic nights, meeting other musicians. And, uh, you know, just it ended up, basically long story short, meeting the guys that I have now and um you know, they they've all added their own flavor to it. So like my, my drummer, he comes from um, you know, metal. He's, he's he was never really a punk rocker. He was he was a metal kid, so like he understood yeah. double kick and you know, he under, he could play hard and fast, so like playing my stuff was just so easy for him. So he kinda provided a little more of a, a metal drum beat than uh uh than what I had anticipated and turned out great uh you know added uh our bassist noah sugarman he he kind of came from this like semi hip hop world um and which is very conducive to bass and man he his bass lines are very original uh and that just kind of comes from that sort of like hip hop and funk thing that he came from. And then it's, dude honestly player. it's
0: it sounds it sounds like you're lucky you didn't end up with Limp Biscuit got funky <laughs> bass player and a metal <laughs>
4: drummer Yeah good uh, catch yeah That's all right keep going I just, need, I,
2: I, I, <laughs> I just needed a West Borland. <laughs> uh, yeah. but I, you know I think the the most uh obvious influence to our sound is our uh, steel player David Brown he uh, he plays the street steel it's not pedal steel um, it's like the Hank Williams sound uh, mm-hmm. original steel guitar and uh, weeping, weeping sound yeah so met him and he he had a punk band in the 70s and he had this uh, fucking killer you know big band in the early 90s and he was already an established like rock star in the scene and, uh, you know, my band was playing gigs and we were starting to get a little bit of a name and he discovered us and he was like, Hey, you know, I play steel. I'd love to play with you. And, uh, long story short, it was like, well, fuck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. David Rhodes. His name's David Rhodes Brown. He's he's a legend around these parts. And, uh, hmm. so he, he joined and brought that steel flavor, which brought a little more of a country flavor to the sound and, and 500 was born. And, and that's that's been it man it's uh you know there are a lot of parallels between bluegrass and country and punk rock you know as far as like song structure they're typically sure. simple chord progressions uh and you know attitudes some shit to say anti-authority and th- those were sort of the things that i was trying to illustrate like the similarities in when i started this thing um, and then it just kind of like took on the life of its own. And, uh, and yeah, here we are almost 20 years later, still doing it. So
0: you got, so you got six, at least according to a spot uh, the picture on Spotify, there's six people in the band. Is that where you're at still?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And no. Um, so David, our field player, you know, he's, I believe he's 70 now. And, was oh, that right? Um, Yikes. yeah. So he, um, he just this past year uh, kind of took a step back to deal to get himself healthy.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, okay. So he, we're, we're holding his spot for him, waiting for his triumphant return, but he's got some shit he's got to deal with, uh, take care of his sure. health. Um, and we picked up a fiddle player to kind of fill his place. Nice. Um, and he's fantastic, but we, we've we always kind of had a rotating cast of auxiliary members, you know be it a piano player, you know fiddle mandolin, things like that um but the, the core band has always been basically a four piece, and then we kind of have like have a rotating cast of fill-in guys over the years that you know fill in those extra instruments so you know, in the years of us touring, depending on what tour it was, you might be seeing a three piece punk trio, and the next time we come to town, you might be seeing like a seven piece you know band with horns. Or, you know, piano, fiddle, like, it, it, it is always, it's been a rotating cast, and it's always changed.
1: That's interesting. Yeah.
2: It is interesting. All right. Well, listen,
0: all right, did you, is any, did any of the songs you picked out, do they feature that steel
2: guitar a little bit? Oh, let me see here. Um, I think, what, what, crap, I'm trying to think of what songs I sent you,
1: man. Um. There was Control Alt Country. Uh, pound of flesh dead in the water and hard pill
2: hard pill yeah hard pill's got pretty good feel in it actually
1: all right should do that one then take a song break Let's here do it. okay so this is uh 500 miles to Memphis with the song hard pill it's a high- Hundred miles to Memphis with Hard Pill, featuring the steel guitar of uh, David Rhodes Brown. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. There you go. So, so where'd the uh, where'd the name come from?
2: Uh, back in the day, uh, just <laughs> used MapQuest to figure out the mileage from uh, my hometown of Bethel, Ohio, to Graceland, and uh, five hundred miles. <laughs> five hundred miles. Not yeah, man. That was it. I because go- I googled Cincinnati
0: to Memphis because you know I'm big into like show prep. Not, and uh, it was 400 482 miles. Like false advertising, man. 482. I, I kind of figured, and you know, you, the Memphis Memphis has a certain swagger to it. I mean, it's a horrible, dirty city. It's basically like the Southern Detroit, but it's still got like a, a swagger to it, right? Like Detroit.
2: Yeah, well, and just the you know the musical history sure. with the uh, Sun Records and. Mm-hmm. That elvis and graceland and you know all, all that and and that just uh that that's our vibe you know
1: i was i was actually wondering when i when i first heard of you guys um i was wondering if it came from two uh, days ago when yeah, you yeah heard exactly, you guys, days. exactly yeah <laughs> no the the uh on the um i think their third album rat and rave with the stray cats stray cats have a song called 18 miles to memphis so i was wondering yeah, if it came do. from that but clearly not
2: it did not because I didn't even discover that song existed until you know like two years after we had been a band, and I was like, oh shit, someone yeah. people probably think I ripped that off. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know when you're when you're a teenager, you just kind of I don't know. I mean, would I name the band that now? Fuck, probably not. But it was what I came up with when I was 19, so it there it stays. Well,
0: nope. it is it is surprising that you you know most people's teenage bands don't make it. Usually, it's like your third major band that actually kind of sticks around so it's kind of you know impressive that that your band that you formed right out you know right out of high school is still around it's it's kind of cool
2: well i i think the only reason that is the case is um it is very enjoyable like uh i mean we've we played 300 shows a year for god 15 years wow. uh, you know at the beginning of our career So, you know, so
0: you lived on the road. I mean, you, you literally lived on the road.
2: We didn't have homes. We lived in a van together and we were a family. (laughs) So it's funny. So, like, Uh,
0: so you, you said you played a release show for the new album. I mean, mm -hmm. how long had you, I mean, had you not played for a year or how long, how long did you go between shows with the pandemic nonsense?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, definitely over a year for sure. We started playing this past summer. We started doing outdoor shows. Um, okay, cool. and you know, it was like, I don't know, May, it seemed like things were on the upswing and it's like, Oh my God, we're finally getting out of this pandemic. So we start booking yeah. shows, but we're still keeping it outside just in case. And, okay. um, so we went ahead and booked our album release for October and we were going to go ahead and set up some tours for after that. But uh, you yeah, know the Delta variant crept in, and I was like, "Fucking no way am I booking and promoting an entire tour only to have to cancel it again," which is what we did in two thousand nine or two thousand
0: twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like kicking so, the ribs, basically.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Like, because that gets a lot of time and money to you know set up tours, so sure. I, I just didn't want to do it. Um, so anyway, that's why you know we were <laughs> we released our album this past week and we're not on the road right now. So we're, we're just going to push it till uh spring of 22. I mean, we'll, we'll do some shows in between here and there, but you know, the, the, we really won't start pounding the pavement until March.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the vinyl will have hit by then as well. So you'll be able to uh, do the tour yeah. to coincide Sell. with that. That'll be good. Sell some stacks of vinyl. That's yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So um looking on well I don't know which one to believe but according to Apple Music you have like six full length albums but Discogs only has four. Which 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 is it? Is it is it four or is it six full length albums?
2: Uh six. This is our sixth full length.
1: Okay. And then there was a couple of live ones it looked like as well.
2: Yeah, we released two live records and I think two EPs at this point.
1: Okay. And the earlier ones, I'm assuming, were just CD and MP3 or something? Because this is the first vinyl you've put mm-hmm. out, right?
2: Okay. Uh, this is, no, we've put out, uh, so Good Friends Records put out our, uh, our, our, the album released in 2007 was Sunshine and the Shot Glass, and that was like our biggest record. Uh, and that was put out on vinyl. Ah, and man. then, uh, the, the last, last one was two- on vinyl. Yeah, this is the last one was before this one. Yeah, so that was on vinyl, and then this new one will be on vinyl.
0: Okay. So, so with my limited my limited listening, so the new album to me seems like it's harder edge than the last couple. Am I right? Am I safe in assuming that? It, it seems oh, like it's
2: yeah, absolutely, yeah, more electric, mm-hmm.
0: more punk rock. What? So what's what's the is that just your state of mind or was that an intentional decision or just how the songs came out or how how did it end up like that cuz the last one i f- i mean you have a song called the river that you can hear the god i mean it's just like almost a gospel song right or at least yeah. musically mm-hmm. musically very gospelly. i didn't really hear a lot of it in the new record it's definitely more aggressive you know maybe a little angrier mm
2: mm-hmm. yeah man you i mean you nailed it That's you're you're exactly right so the previous record was uh a little more sort of me getting back to my roots and you know just how I grew up and a, there was a big gospel influence in there not lyrically though <laughs> uh, yeah I was gonna
0: say soundwise, yeah
2: yeah sonically uh this new record um was it intentional I mean I think yes it was like I knew from the outset when 2020 happened and I knew like oh shit well we're gonna be locked in Inside for who knows how long, I'm. You know, we might as well make a record. And uh, I kind of knew from the beginning that, like, you know, I I want to like kind of I want to do some fucking punk rock. I just I just want to because when we play live, uh, it's it's very loud and very fast. And uh, so this new record is more representative of our live sound. Um, and you know, and I've said this a lot in the past but like we never really gave a shit about records um i mean not that we don't enjoy the craft of songwriting but you know we, we just lived on the road and we just wanted to it was for us it was all about the live just playing live and putting out records was just a means to an end to keep us on the road playing shows and uh so we would you know bust out some songs jump in a studio for two weeks, record, and then get right back out on the road. And uh, so I, some of our records, you know, I go back and listen to and I'm like, whoa, what were we thinking with that decision? <laughs> like, we were obviously drunk. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of rushed through a lot of our older records. Um, but uh, the last two we've done, we, we didn't. We, we, we took our time, you know, were a a little more uh, uh, patient with it because we just weren't, you know, pounding the pavement uh, as much as we were. So uh, I, I think there was just a shift in 2019 when, you know, or 2018, technically, we went into the studio for Blessed Be the Damned. And I think there was just a mental shift of like, let's spend a little more time on making a good record rather than getting in and getting out and playing shows um so the last two records especially this latest one far less rushed like we really took our time um combed over every single lyric ad nauseum you know dialed in the drum tones the right way got the guitars the right way and really just spent a lot of time um but the the coolest thing about the newest record is that we recorded in in my basement uh which we've never done before So we were pretty stoked about that.
0: No rush at all.
2: No rush at all, man. We just, uh, we took our time and, you know, I did work on it like every single night for an entire year. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, it wasn't easy.
1: So you have a full studio down there?
2: No, No? not real. I mean, I I do have a small studio. Yes. But um, I have, uh, you know, I have a finished basement, so it's, you know soundproof enough mm-hmm. and uh we were able to get really great sounds. uh and yeah i'm i was super happy with how it came out and we had total control so you produced it did you entire... produ- i mean you produced it yourselves mm-hmm. you did, did you mm-hmm. have any outside ears at all no and when it well when it came to mastering because i wanted to do the entire thing your what
0: your your wife right and from upstairs going
2: that arrangement sucks.
0: She's doing the dishes yeah. like, you need to work
2: on that arrangement
0: a little bit.
4: Yeah. Uh,
2: so the, uh, the mastering process, cause I've never mastered a record before. Uh, I, you know, I just went by the seat of my pants, mastered it. And I, I sent a few tracks off to some buddies that were mastering engineers. And I was like, Hey, tell me if this is like total garbage. And, uh, they would give me some notes and I was able to go back and, you know, make some corrections. But, uh, other than some solid advice from trusted friends, this record was completely done in house from start to finish. And I'm super proud of it.
1: Well, yeah, it sounds. I mean, it sounds so, great. Yeah,
2: thank so you. Did did you always?
0: I mean, did you did you did, you, did Paper Plastic say, "Hey, we're gonna put this out"? Did they have anything, or would they kind of wait till they heard it? Or so did they have any influence on the artists? Like, give us the record, we'll put it out.
2: No, uh, not at all. Nothing. I recorded the entire album got it done and then i sent it to Vinny, and i said hey we made an entire record it's done uh we'd like to release it with you and he listened to it and he was he was on board like immediately and uh yeah it, it was great i'm glad he liked it <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah but you know Vinny uh Vinny's not really one to step into the artistic process with his band you know he uh
4: okay
2: he trusts the artists and he doesn't really produce unless you ask him to produce. But, um, yeah, man, he's, he's super, super down and he's cool to work with.
0: Well, cool. Let's, let's play another, let's play another track from the album and, uh, yeah, we'll come back and probe you deeper.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, do you want to do control alt country? Yeah, sure. that's my favorite song. That's yeah. my that's
2: good, favorite. That's song a pretty aggressive I've,
1: song. Yeah, I've, I've, I've favorite one I've ever written. I love that. Really? Song. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's a clever title too. So uh, okay, so we'll do uh, yeah, uh, five hundred miles to Memphis. Control Alt Country. there from 500 miles to memphis
0: so you you um you said you used to play 300 300 days a year but the truth of the matter is and you're now and and you just kind of banged out records and now you're kind of taking your time more on records but the the truth is you're probably never going to be able to go back to the touring schedule right realistically
2: no no we'll never do that again nah families and
0: whatnot yeah you guys are getting a little older and you got families and stuff like that right yeah
2: yeah absolutely so yeah we, we we Don't been there, done that, and um, you know, loved every minute of it. But uh, yeah, we all ha- we have kids and wives, and uh, I mean, we'll we're still gonna get out. I mean, we'll still be out a lot, especially in the Midwest. Well,
1: um, yeah, I was gonna ask that. But, so, did did you manage to tour all over the country and stuff, or was it mainly Midwest, Midwest and East Coast?
2: Oh yeah, coast
1: to coast. Okay. Yeah. And, and, anything in uh, Anything in Europe? Do you ever make it uh, out of the U.S.
2: No. Always oh. wanted to, never did.
1: Okay. Well, there's always next year, right? So
0: Yeah. So you guys at one point have have toured with some bigger you've essentially allowed yourselves to be a backup band for some for some bigger artists and we we're not we don't necessarily need to get into the who they were, but you never left the country doing that either, huh? Yep. Nope.
2: Nope. That was honestly that was mostly the great state of Texas. Uh was oh, that right? Uh, is
0: that where that, that's where the big names are,
2: huh? Oh yeah, that that's where most of your big country act live. Uh, so yeah, m- most of our shows were down in Texas. Yep. Well, with, so with, uh, with those those
1: bands. Yeah. So let's let's get into that a bit. So, um, when you were doing that, was were you as Five Hundred Miles to Memphis, or were you just playing as a backing band for like a big country star or something like that?
2: Um. So our name was never mentioned or advertised at all. Okay. Um, but the the artist we were backing up was a big fan of us. And, uh, you know, came. We, we were playing a show in Austin and they came and saw us and, uh, you know, had some drinks later that evening. And they just asked, like, hey, would you be interested in, you know, backing me up? And we were all... You know, broke and desperate, and like, you know, just eating canned beans for fucking weeks on end. And uh, we we needed some money, man, cause mm-hmm. we were we were just desperate. So, uh, well, anyway, we we said yes, like, yes, absolutely. You're offering money, yes, we'll take it. We'll we will do that. We'll learn your songs. Um, and so you know, we did that uh, about a year and a half, and you know, did some just traveling in the U.S. And uh, did some pretty major market shows, uh, you know, with, with acts like Trace Adkins. And um, yeah, were you that, were that you was making, uh, that was it?
0: <laughs> were you actually making good money, or you were just making like a living? I mean, were you actually was it? I mean, I don't know what's good money now, what's we not money. It but were you, were you putting money in the yeah. bank? <laughs>
2: we no. That uh, might be a no. different problem, no. huh? No, we uh, we 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 were ma- we, we thought we were making good money. But, you know, looking back on it now, it was like, oh, my God. We right. were getting paid garbage. But to us, it was like the world. But, you know, the money we were getting paid to do it, we, we still threw it into the band fund and divvied it up because, you know, it was just like a commune in that band. You know, like we, we were all equal partners. So they paid us one lump sum as 500 Miles to Memphis and that went into the band account and then dispersed evenly between the band members.
1: So we so you were still driving your own van. You didn't get to go in the huge uh, the huge plush the huge plush touring bus with the uh, with the star? No. No. <laughs> so it's a, so it's a trailer. Just reading between the lines here, it doesn't sound like you guys had too much fun. Is that correct?
0: Well, it's it's funny because you know, the thing I would think of cuz the real money is in any kind of like royalty if you perform on a like a studio recording. So was there ever any opportunity for that or was this just strictly
2: live? Uh we did end up on a studio recording that uh unfortunately it was a cover song and it had uh, i like, like 4 million spins on Spotify. Um and uh 40 cents each. <laughs> 40 cents <laughs> each. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh yeah, but that that was the the uh, all the recordings we did for that artist ended up, you know, just falling into the ether, uh, except uh, for that cover song. Um, well, but, maybe it'll be yep. like a
0: greatest. Maybe it'll be like a greatest hits or something with bonus tracks or something. Maybe because it would be it would be you know if you got a check from out of nowhere, that wouldn't suck, right?
2: Oh man, oh, I would absolutely take that and run. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. um Or a, li- or a live album. Know
0: the other thing would be a live album if there were some live tracks yeah. there were some recorded tracks or something but
2: yeah i mean you know I, I don't i don't regret i have no regrets um that time in our career was a tumultuous one and it was kind of ugly and we i think i don't know man it was just the first time in our lives that we were making money and uh you know when you hand a poor kid from a fucking small town you know a thousand bucks it's like it's the world so you know i I think we kind of like lost our identity a bit for a while and uh it it took us just getting drunk and coked up for a long time and getting fired uh to kind of realize (laughs) that uh, like hey yeah we ought to be just playing our own music and doing our own thing because you know there's a reason that this artist hired us because the specific person basically wanted our sound and we gave it to them, and mm. uh, yeah, and that was so it. sort
0: of it was like soul, sort of soul leeching. Were you uh, oh, were you writing, writing songs? Song, were you writing songs at that point, or were you kind of you know, like a artistic funk too? Because you were sort of bound,
4: no, no,
2: no I was still writing. Still writing on the road just in the van whipping a guitar writing still wrote
4: hmm.
2: but, not, but for, not for that artist though we did not write through that artist
0: yeah yeah sure well it's funny right because you're talking about having to stay drunk and coked up i mean so much for all those family values huh
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah buddy oh man you, you kidding me behind the scenes oh jeez, dude it's like molly like well, molly crew <laughs> yeah oh i mean shirt sure.
1: yeah totally motley Free with cowboy boots. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: well I, I don't think trace adkins makes any bones about it i mean his fucking honky-tonk but donka donk shit you know like
4: yeah.
2: uh, but it's funny because once
0: these once these artists sort of fall from favor then they always go back to like their gospel roots right and go like hardcore huh? like uh conservative
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's funny you mentioned that because like i went a little gospel on our last one but certainly not conservative there
0: you go well it's funny because i grew up listening a lot of that music too and i'm not necessarily drawn towards it a lot but it's it's definitely a little tiny part of my tiny part of my dna that you can never completely get away from so
1: well it's that americana stuff right
0: yeah yeah i I think that's true i mean johnny cash always had that in his music you know hank williams always had a little of that
2: I think there's, uh, there's no way to get away from it, just uh, pop culture in general. Like, those song structures and melodies, I mean, I think still survive today. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously the Beatles changed a lot, but, uh, man, those uh, simple three-chord melody yep. song structures, you know, that's, that's gospel music. And uh, I feel I can fucking hear it every time I turn on the radio. I can hear it in just about every song, you know?
0: Direct Powerful message, you know, is yeah, it was no, I agree. I, I do, I I totally get it. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't, you know, when I was trying to learn to play my G chord and stuff on my guitar, I'm like, I don't care about this, I just want to learn to play the Iron Man chords, you know. I, but then, <laughs> yeah, once you, once you start playing, then you realize, like, wow, this, uh, you know, will the circle be unbroken is not that much different than God save the Queen or whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the same, you know, it's G's and D's and A's and E's, you know, so yeah,
2: man, yeah, exactly, I totally, yeah,
0: I totally get that. So what's uh, let's uh, spin another tune. Neil? What's 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 next on the agenda? I actually, I I really a handful of the albums, the new album, a, a bunch of the songs actually jumped out at me. A couple of them I don't even think were on the list, like a pound of flesh.
1: I think was that. What do we? Was that's that on. on the list? That's on the list. We can play that right that now if you like. List.
0: Okay, but there was a there was another one too. Dead again, maybe? Is there a song called Dead Again? Dead in I was the dead, dead in the
1: Water. We're playing that one if that's the one you mean. But
0: there's another one with dead in it. Oh, I don't know. Just a bunch of the songs jumped out at me. Well, I the, Actually, it's a
1: the one i really liked was called stereo so i was kind of bummed out that we yeah that was in good there. too yeah
2: oh man yeah i should have threw that in there oh uh,
1: sorry well we can i mean it's not but hey we can do whatever we want it's our show oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah i'll shoot you uh i'll email you stereo so yeah sure do stereo next i dig that too all right let's do it let's throw it in there
1: okay so uh yeah so this is a uh, 500 miles to memphis with stereo mm-hmm. I got a
4: stereo,
3: with super drag stuck inside, I got a horseshoe, a pocket full of scratch-offs to get through, yeah.
1: 500 miles to Memphis with stereo there so these are all off the new album are hard to love which just came out I mean we're talking yeah, like brand new right. yeah so are you the are you the main songwriter I assume you are right
2: yeah um you know I I try to include everyone and I do include everyone you know like it's it very collaborative but um you know someone's got to do the lion's share and someone's got to steer the ship so that's me um but you know typically typically uh i'll write a tune send it to the guys and you know we'll all discuss it everyone makes notes i'll go back and make changes and you know then uh whenever we meet up to rehearse uh you know we we go over it together and see what works and see what doesn't um but you know this time because we couldn't meet up in person you know everything was over over the phone or over you know skype and um it kind of presented a, a weird challenge in that, you know, we couldn't be in the same room playing guitars together and like kind of writing through things together. We had to
1: just like
2: talk about it because sure. uh, you can't really play guitars through uh, Skype. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you could, but that it doesn't sound very good though. That's, Neil, that's yeah. mine,
0: and, mine and Neil's band. We don't ever play guitars. We just talk about it.
1: Yeah. yeah <laughs> we're
0: going <laughs> to will this thing to life without a guitar.
2: So my uh, one of my guitarists moved to Seattle like right in the at the beginning of the pandemic, and so he got stranded out there. I'm sorry, not stranded, but he got stuck out there for here for all of quarantine. Um, So when it came time to like start recording, uh, you know, I really needed his harmony vocals. So he went into his bathroom and uh, sang it into his cell phone. And emailed me those tracks. So a lot of wow. the harmonies that you hear on the album were sung in his shower through a cell phone
1: Wow, That's, that is amazing! Yeah. Beauty of technology, it, right there. Technology, yeah. I know, man. It's like, like
2: that. Fam- it's like
0: that famous story, Neil. And I don't know if you know the story or not, but on what album was it? Was it on one of the later '80s uh, Bad Brains albums? HR was in jail. And you know the song Sacred Love? It's kind of like a ballad.
1: I don't know that one, though.
0: No. It's a great, great Bad Brains song, but he recorded that over the phone from prison.
1: Hmm.
0: Sacred Love, Bad Brains. Check it out.
2: Okay. I need to look that up. What a great yeah, it's, it's, story.
0: It's super cool. I can't remember. It's on either Quickness or... Uh, it's on one of those later. I think Quickness. One of those like late 80s Bad Brains albums. But it's really great. But yeah, it's Sacred Love. He records it from prison on a phone.
1: He doesn't get shivved in the middle of it or anything, does he?
0: No, he doesn't even, like, talk bad about anybody. He doesn't, like, put down any oppressed groups or anything. So he's doing well for HR. <laughs> for
1: HR, yeah, He sure. doesn't
0: have any bad headaches. It's, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> but anyways, what, what,
2: song, what song is that
0: that you were talking about, right, on your album?
2: Uh, oh, that's a lot of the record, but specifically Dead in the Water.
0: Dead in the okay. Like,
2: yeah, Dead in the Water has, like, a lot of, uh like, big, uh like, bad religion-type – Oohs and ah vocals, and those were all done in a shower. That's
1: now this is impressive. this is going to sound funny, probably. But are you are, are you a fan of Oasis, the band Oasis?
2: <laughs> uh, I am, and it's funny you mention that because uh, I co- <laughs> I cover uh, what when, whenever I'm doing. So when when I do my uh, acoustic sets, we we do we play bluegrass style. So whenever I close out the night, I uh, close out with uh, Don't Look Back in Anger.
1: That's a great mm. song. I, I can understand why. I hate I hate,
2: to, I hate to say it, but it is a great song.
1: And, and the Yeah, re- it's a good one. Yeah, and the reason I ask is because um, in a lot of the songs on this album, I could actually I, – I, I wouldn't say I could hear an Oasis influence, but I could definitely hear the way the verses go into the choruses and stuff. If it was slowed down a little bit and you had a Manchester accent, I – <laughs> that would that would have been Oasis, to, you know, to me some of that stuff. So yeah, I think the song structures were kind of, you know, a little bit similar. So I definitely heard that for sure. So uh, hmm.
2: I, man, I I don't think you're crazy by any means. Uh, I mean, they How about that. If we're talking about top ten favorite bands. They're not in my top ten, but you <laughs> you can't get away from your influences. And you know, like I said, top forty in the nineties.
1: Yep, all over the place. I was in a
2: small town. Yeah. Oasis was like they were the kings, man. So, yeah, I what was I forget what record that was. they're big one, huge record, you know. What was, was the, the second uh, one? What's the story? Was, Morning Glory. What's yeah. the story? Morning yeah. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every song on an yeah. album is classic. I mean, I know right. Oasis aren't popular with everybody, but that's a great album. That's just a great I, pure I, rock I and really roll album.
0: Even, I, I certainly wouldn't call myself a fan, but I mean, Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Supersonic. I mean, those are great songs. Champagne I mean, Supernova, yeah. I mean, Supernova. Yeah, I like the brothers beating on each other all the time too, like the Kinks. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, you got that going. Punch for you each too. other's faces. In. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's pretty
1: punk rock, actually. <laughs> exactly. Right yeah. Sorry, I took a sound so we had a had a a a weird a weird rabbit hole there, didn't I? Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, dude, uh, you know the Brits <laughs> have influenced our music, my music, as much as you know American traditional gospel has. I mean, for
1: sure. Well, that's actually interesting because on your you have a very good website, by the way. Your website is very professional. Whoever is doing that, they're doing a really good job. Um, Thank you. But I think you describe yourselves. Is it? was it like punk rock Americana or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the webpage. and I think that pretty much sums it up, right? Yeah. Punk rock Americana. Yeah. So, I don't.
2: I. I don't like the cow punk. Uh, I don't associate us as a cow punk band. Yeah, Tom. Um, I love the term cow punk. I live
0: in
4: an
2: area with lots of of cows and I love punk. What's not to love? It's two great words. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't, I certainly don't take offense to someone calling us cow punk. That's totally fine. (laughs) Uh, but when I think cowpunk, punk, I think of the King of the Hill theme song to me, that's cowpunk, punk. Oh, and it's always, a little, I, know little that,
0: it, in, I know you're not putting down the King of the Hill theme song. I mean,
2: come on. That's yeah, wonderful. It's a great theme song. Um, but you know, it's always a little tongue in cheek. It's a yeah, little hokey. It. It, it, well, it can be a little hokey and, you know, we've always been pretty serious lyrically and, uh, I, I just—I don't know—for some reason, I just never wanted to call us Cal Punk. So, punk rock Americana, uh, it, it
0: begins.
4: Well,
0: it's funny because I always—I've I've actually dabbled in this kind of music myself, and the thinking is always, "Oh, it'll be great. We'll appeal to, you know, hillbillies and punk rockers." But the truth of the matter is, you'll also alienate both. That's the fine line, right? Like, uh, like.
2: When took you, the word straight f- out of my mouth, man. When you first start totally. doing it,
0: you're like, "Oh, we'll have country fans and punk fans," but the chances are pretty good you're pissing both of them off, right?
2: Yeah, man, totally. Um, it wasn't until recent years that the punk rock community started embracing us after we had been after we became a fucking old band. But when yeah, we after started, they
0: after they got old, you know, after, <laughs> after we get old, there you right? go. then you start <laughs> to. After they got over like, their hockey phase, then they moved on to their Amer- Americana phase.
2: Hey, man, a lot of fucking punk rockers are going from punk rock and now they're picking up acoustic guitars, playing folk music yeah. these days. Well,
4: it's, yeah, it's true. And a, a, lot of the big,
0: a lot of the big front men, like punk rock front men, the like guy from Hot Water Music, the guy from, there's a bunch of them, the guy from Avail or whatever, all those guys, yeah, they do like the folk, folk punk thing. A lot of them, fairly
4: successful. Yeah. Yeah, so
2: we've gone in reverse. <laughs> we we started as a little punky, and, and then, uh, yeah, became more punk as uh, as time went on, I guess. But uh, the the like I said, the the live show was always super loud, fast, and rowdy, and that's what carried the band all these years. Um, but yeah, I we weren't we were never really embraced by the punk rock community until recent years, and then. Um, The country crowd, I just don't think they knew what to make of us. And so, yeah, we just kind of alienated both. And those people that liked us just stayed with us, man. They're very loyal, very loyal Mm -hmm. fan base.
0: Well, the the truth of the matter is, you know, that traditional country crowd, or at least the kind of big country crowd, is very lyrically is probably going to struggle with what you guys are doing because they tend to have. A, cert, a certain mindset but yeah no it's it's no I, I i totally dig it man so all right let's play so we're adding another song so let's play another song let's take another song break let's be song break number five neil what are mm-hmm. we playing next um, mr dj
1: uh well we were talking about that song dead in the water with the guy doing the backing vocals in his bathtub or whatever so why do we do that it seems to there fit right it. so uh yeah 500 miles to memphis with dead in the water <laughs> miles to memphis and uh, let's hope he wasn't dead in the water if he was recording it in his bathtub
0: you know you know somebody was <laughs> listening to this somebody's listening to this at work neil and missing half of it and they're like so hr from the bad brains did backing vocals on the new 500 miles from <laughs> memphis track or sure, something yeah,
2: what, whatever 100% works what happened yeah <laughs> exactly what happened. put it on wikipedia <laughs>
1: so, unless he kills so some, you, unless he are, kills somebody in the next few months in that case no that didn't happen
0: are you uh are you like a fan of some of the bigger bands of, of the kind of play similar style? Like, are you are you like a big Mike Ness fan or not necessarily?
2: Oh man, love Mike Ness. Uh, actually, let me back up. I love Social Distortion. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Mike Ness solo stuff. Um, really?
4: Hmm. Yeah,
2: just doesn't, doesn't vibe with me. Uh, the uh, but my favorite, Sex, Love, and Rock and Roll. I love that album. Well
0: Interesting. No. I, do Interesting.
1: Too. I do, too. I actually think that's probably think one of that, my favorites. Well, that's
0: funny because you guys are like 20 yeah. years apart in age because I, 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 it's grown on me over the years, and I did pick it up on vinyl recently instead of just the five-inch plastic format, but it's, I don't know. I still, White Light, White Heat, White Trash, that's still the one for me. That's still Dude, the album.
2: That's a, no, you're right, and that's a killer record. Man, a great album. But I think uh, Sex, Love, and Rock and Roll is, um, man, I just think it has more – it's more consistent cuts, you know, from start from front to back, like every
4: single mm.
2: song is
0: you know, The thing with White Light, White Heat, White Trash—not to get too—not to get too deep into the because I think we're gonna do like a social distortion episode one time, and then like only half our listeners are gonna tune into it. But uh,
1: <laughs> it's funny how the, divisive they've become. It's actually pretty it, weird when you think about. Well, it.
0: Well, it resonates with me because I see him sort of trying to sort of work with his lifestyle like his lifestyle but still trying to find something in the religion that he grew up with I just I just think it's a fascinating record and I think it's the one that lets us inside mike Ness's head more than any of the other records I mean don't get me wrong I like a lot of the songs I love in sex rock and roll you know I'm your old leather jacket I'm the you know
1: yeah that's the, a great di- I'm the, I'm yeah dedicated to Dennis. Yeah, yeah yeah and and I, so I
0: like that but I just think that the, for some reason why light Way trash man I think that's the one that's the one where he pulls his heart out and lets us see
1: it. So anyway. Well so, uh, little, so well actually t- but,
0: thank you for thank you for attending my Ted my social distortion
4: well, Ted Talk. Let's go back <laughs> l- let's
1: go let's go back to what Ryan said. Uh, so what is it about the Mike Ness solo records that you that you didn't care for so much?
4: Uh
2: man, if I can be a hundred percent honest. Yeah. Um You're... well of course I can be, but uh man, I just I thought his vocal delivery was shit. I, I I love Mike Ness, I, I do, sure. but I, I just, I don't know if the producer he was working with that day was drunk, but I mean he he sings flat, and you know, a lot of times in punk rock that can be fine, but I, it can't be fine on a, a record like that, with cheating at solitaire. Oh, uh, I think cheating at solitaire is god awful. If I if I could produce him. I I would go back. I wouldn't change anything musically, but I would have him recut every single vocal on that record.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I love that record. I'm glad I asked. Um, Well, it it is all over the place. Well, it's
0: it's too bad because Mike Ness had actually reached out to us and said, hey, do you think the uh, 500 (laughs) Miles would be interested in supporting supporting my solo tour? And I said, oh, probably. So sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry Uh, about that lost opportunity.
1: Well, yeah,
2: shot myself in the foot. Well, I guess I'll,
1: I'll trace Atkins again. Well, is
2: Exactly. not the first time. Wasn't the first time. Won't be the last, right? Yeah. Are, are
1: you are you familiar with the band Tiger Army? By any mm-hmm. chance? Yep. Okay, so yep. you know, so you know, because because the you know the main guy in Tiger Army, Nick Thirteen, did a very similar thing. Except his his attempt at a at a solo country album, I think, is a lot more authentic than Mike Ness's. I don't know if you've heard that but is uh I think I think it's excellent I think you might like it a lot if you like traditional old school country I think you would dig Nick 13's solo country album a lot.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, I will definitely check that
1: out. Yeah, I'll send, I'll send you I'll send Absolutely. you a link to it cuz it's I think it's I think it's really really good record. And uh it kind of I think he tried to like move to to Memphis or something or to uh Nashville or something for a year and I don't think it really worked out for him but uh it, it, It's a shame because it's it's a great record. So, all
4: right. Yeah, no, that not... that
2: sort of shift rarely works for the punk rockers, man. Because we have a, we have a certain mindset, and then when you jump us into a Nashville setting, it uh it, it, it is ugly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially he's all, he's, all right. all, he's all tattooed up and stuff from nape to neck. So I don't think it went down too oh, well please. with the, the hipsters,
0: Nashville crew. The hipsters in Nashville are all tattooed now too, Neil. All right, now the hard questions a really hard question oh shit no so you you're in a three band bill you're in the middle of a three-man bill one punk band, one country artist who are they? your dream dead or alive man what a
2: what a great great question Wow, wow. oh okay, okay um whew. okay, I got it, I got it uh Wayland Jennings Ooh, uh,
0: not a bad choice.
1: And the clash
2: would close out. Whoa! All right,
0: look at that. Wow, that would boy, you would there would be a lot of fights that night.
1: Well, I I think
2: uh, actually, Tom, it's funny. I think Waylon and Clash would. I think those would vibe well together. Do you
0: think like Joe Strummer would come out for just the good old boys?
2: Well, never be did no harm. I don't think that is very well representative of Waylon's best work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got you.
1: But, but, Tom, it's funny you say that because actually The Clash, when they when they toured the U.S., they actually did bring out a very eclectic bunch of people warming up for them. Like they had like Joe Ely and, uh, you know, and they might have like a new rap artist or someone like that warming up for them. So they were all over the place with that. So they, actually you, you'd be kind of surprised. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And, and I'll tell you what, Neil, you know, a question we haven't asked for a long time is your famous question that you made up. He may he may be familiar with this question. He might have been thinking this one out ahead of time. He may already have an answer. But what about the uh, you know the question I'm talking about?
1: Oh, the Johnny versus Johnny versus Johnny. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So uh, most influential in punk rock, Johnny Ramone. Johnny... No, 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 no,
0: no. Not not most influential. Which is your favorite? Oh, right? okay, okay. Yeah, which
1: is your favorite? is that the way we? Isn't that the way we phrase it? Johnny Rotten. We, we There you Rodden. go. Well, look at that. He did it straight away. That's so.
0: funny because we rarely get a Johnny Rotten, yeah. even though we all Are love him. Are you
1: kidding me? No, Are most, you kidding me? Most people say Johnny Ramone. Johnny most people say Johnny well, Ramone. it's either
0: Johnny Ramone or or we do get a lot of Johnny Thunders because that kind of loose, you know, uh, sort guitar. of Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Berry guitar playing. Yep.
2: Yeah. Well, I will say that loose Chuck Berry guitar playing is kind of my bread and butter. Uh,
0: but yeah, cause you don't sneer that much, dude. Honestly, you might have to, you might have to up your sneer game a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, man. I, uh, as far as like influenced by, like uh, I just hold him in such high regard, like what he and the band were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. I personally feel they just changed fucking everything. And, uh, it's still, still to this day man like um i think people are y- the younger generation is discovering it and uh i mean they, they changed everything from attitude to uh fashion and mm-hmm. i mean let's face it i think fashion's a big part of punk rock it just is Absolutely. well the, you
0: know, um, the, the great thing is there's no wrong answer right because, like, Neil discovered sure. the Sex Pistols 10 years before I did, and then I discovered them 10 years before you did. And they really are kind of evergreen, right? Like, they just, just... Well, Balmich is just, just,
1: yeah, it's one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. I mean, the it really is. Who it, you are, you know? Yeah,
2: uh, well, you know, it, there's a reason that the color scheme of our new record is that uh, pink, yellow, and black.
1: Whoa. How it's an absolute that?
2: love letter. This This record... If you recall me telling you how I got into music was because of God Save the Queen, so this record is my love letter to the Sex Pistols. Um, Not directly, um, but I am not afraid to uh, say some shit that I've never really said before. Uh, I'm having, you know, not afraid to get political. Not afraid. I mean, it's just like, man. I'm not trying to impress anyone like, you know, I'm nearing the end of my career possibly. And it's just like time to go all in and uh, kind of pay homage to the band that got me into playing guitar. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that's Jonesy man. Jonesy all the way. Like I love the way he plays guitar. I listened to Nevermind the Bollocks almost daily and those riffs are just killer and they're like fucking teenagers
4: man
0: yeah no i listen you're not going to find any disagreement from us here and like i said that that johnny 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 question the good news is there's no wrong answer really
1: yeah they're all complete Complete legends yeah all right
0: i'll tell you what let's play it one more song and then we will come back and we will uh wrap it up Wrap it up. That's right. Yep. Because like a punk song, you know, you can't go too long. From, and you know, you know something. Yeah. I, mean, you, I know you listen, so you know. Occasionally, we do get diarrhea of the mouth, but we'll uh, we'll keep it nice and nice and tight tonight. So.
2: <laughs> oh man, I do too, dude. I I know I have gone on some freaking tangents this evening. No, <laughs> no it's that's good right, though. That's, that's what we what's we do, beauty though. about it.
0: That's what we are. We're,
2: yeah. We're, we're rabbit holes. You
0: know, we're not. We we just you know, we always say we give people enough rope to hang themselves.
1: <laughs>
3: gotta that's give them enough rope there you go there you you go Yeah, yeah what's
1: what's our last song you know what's our last song of the evening this would be a pound of flesh what what is this one about ryan
2: oh man so this uh this is my second favorite track on the record um this was so my uh my guitarist nate hickey um he was going through a divorce at the time and he sent me this riff and uh he sent me some lyrics and uh i was just like well, hold on man i don't want to just write a straight up divorce song like uh you know let, let, let's let's work on this back and forth and uh we we were able to kind of like massage it into uh something a little more um universally um palatable cuz i don't i don't know it's just fucking weird cuz like i'm i'm friends with his wife and like i love him and like it was a very adult sort of divorce and, uh, you know, you don't want to just write a song like, fuck that bitch, and yada yada. It's like, eh, it's not that black and white. <laughs> right, um, nothing, but, up, nothing is, think. yeah. So, I don't yeah. know, Eminem was pretty good at that.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, he made a career out of it, I think, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh,
2: yeah, my, my guitarist, Nate, came in, came in hot with this track, and, uh, you know, we worked on it together and formed it into this, you know, amalgamation uh, ended up being
1: one of the singles.
2: So Okay, cool. Um, yeah,
1: kudos kudos to me. Okay, so let's uh let's give it a listen. So this is uh the last one from five hundred miles to Memphis tonight. This is a pound of flesh. <laughs> slash by uh, 500 miles to memphis and uh, you should check out their website it's 500mtm.com it's a, it's a re- really I was going to say
0: where can we where can we yeah. find you i'm sure on facebook and oh yeah they're
1: all over the place There's, whoever's doing their social media is doing a hell of a job but yeah check out their website cuz they got a lot of uh, a lot of great merch and uh, their all their albums and stuff like so, that so check that out so
0: so all these songs all the songs we played tonight are from the new album which is called hard love which just came out you can get digital and CD now, and vinyl. Hopefully, by the time you guys are ready to tour,
1: maybe by twenty twenty-five, maybe. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> twenty, yep, twenty thirty, we'll be ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The pressing plants might have everything done by then. They might be, you know, got rid of those Fleetwood Mac albums for uh, record store day. That'll yeah, be exactly. great. That'll be great. Uh, what else? So do, you have, do you have any more shows coming up or anything like that that you want to uh, that you want to talk about?
2: I know we got at least one big one coming up. Yeah. We have, uh, so we, we did a compilation for Iron Fest Records. Uh, we wrote uh, a song, like a song for the comp. And I, it, it came out great. And I almost wish it was on the album that we just released because I fucking love it. Uh, so, anyway, uh, yeah, we have a, uh, a comp coming out on Iron Fest Records uh, November 12th. Uh, and that's, that actually is on vinyl and will be available uh, on November 12th. And we're doing the, the festival November. We're playing November 13th for the festival. It's a two day festival. Um, that's at Southgate. Yeah, it actually, yeah, right. It's at Southgate House Revival. And uh, man, it is like 60 bands. It's nuts. It's just every punk metal band uh, in the region. Uh, just falls into Southgate House Revival for two days. Um, so it's always a blast. It's a pretty legendary festival around here. Uh, and then after that, we're doing our uh, yearly benefit for uh, Children's Hospital and uh, local kids in Claremont County. And that will be December 10th. It's, we call it our Holiday Ho-Ho-Ho-Down, and that'll be at Northern Row Brewery. And, uh, you know, admission is, uh, you know, bring a, bring a toy for a cut and uh you get in and then after that we'll uh i I know we have some other things i just can't think of them but those are the two uh more immediate shows coming down the road
0: excellent cool Cool. and you hope to tour in the spring or late late winter and spring you're gonna hopefully do some touring behind the album
2: yeah well so we'll be up uh definitely be up in your area um you know our basis lives in milwaukee so we we go up to chicago milwaukee quite a bit
0: excellent well listen we will try to catch up with you on the road yeah
2: awesome if, if you're in kentucky hit me up man
0: we uh you know we went to we were we went to punk rock bowling uh a few weeks ago and one of the cool things was we got to meet up with people on the west coast that we've had on the pod and and it, it's 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 awesome meeting up with people yeah i would i'm all for all for meeting up and grabbing a drink sometimes so i uh yeah i've I'm not doing very well on my vow not to drink during the week, Neil. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I heard the uh, yeah the ice cubes uh, clinking. about Today, earlier. for example,
0: I feel miserably, and it's like now it's like ten thirty my time PM, and I'm like, one more,
1: one more, go
0: to bed. I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, it was a it was a pleasure to meet you, Ryan, and uh, it was real nice talking to you. And yeah, we'll definitely we'll catch up down the road. And and anyway, for those of you listeners that are going to complain about this. I would like you to write it on a piece of paper, address it to me, roll it up really tight and shove it up your ass. No, <laughs> of course. <laughs> PunktyDye77 70, at gmail, Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming on and talking to us, Ryan, and I look forward to having some Kentucky bourbon down in Kentucky with you at some point.
2: Yes, we will do it. Thank you guys That's for good. having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Neil.
0: Thanks, Ryan,
1: you man. We him. appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Cheers, guys. Neil, do your yep. thing. Do okay. your thing, yeah. Stay free and keep a little mark in your heart, everybody.
0: And we'll see you later, everybody. See you. Bye-bye.